Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Today, uh, this is Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. the Quad Father, and I hope you're ready to be inspired. So what do we have planned for the show? Well, what we're looking at is we do have a guest today, which I'm pleased to have in, and I'll talk about her in a little bit. But we're going to talk about everything inspiring. What does that mean? So that could be everything from the power of positive self-talk. It could be about business and personal success stories, overcoming self-doubt, becoming the best you uh, success factors and more. So our topics are not limited. I am just a man that believes in being inspired. And I also believe that that is your responsibility to inspire yourself. And there's so many ways to do that, which will be part of numerous shows. We do have some great sponsors. We're going to have guests and ultimately we will have some call in opportunities. So I uh, look forward to that. First, I think in order to give you a little bit of perspective about why the Brian P. Swift show and all things inspirational and why the quad father, I'll tell you a little bit about my background and that way it will give you a little perspective. So at the age of 17, I was out playing football the day after Christmas with my friends at a local park, something I have done thousands of times. And I got tackled from behind. Uh, didn't fall on my head. I didn't hit my head. Uh, it was really uh, not a, a hard hit, uh, and I have been hit harder numerous times. And I, from that hit, I would fall and never get up again. So I was left a C5, C6 quadriplegic, paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, from that moment on, life kind of changed. Uh, I was 17, a senior in high school. Life was looking good. You know, played all the sports and uh, was living the life of a, of a fantastic 17-year-old, and life changed. So after uh, fusing my neck back together at, at Christ Hospital, I moved on to an, an amazing facility called RIC, which is now called the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab. After that, after I should say four months of rehabilitation where slowly I learned to move my arms. Slowly I learned to feed myself. Uh, you know, you learn to comb your hair. You learn to do things that you couldn't do because I still don't have any hand function. So quadriplegic is somebody who's paralyzed from the neck down, whose limbs are affected. So after four months, I came home and I had amazing parents that started moving me forward and would not let me kind of sit back and feel sorry for myself. So I came home on a Friday. I started high school back on a Monday and finished high school with the same group of amazing men from St. Lawrence High School that I that I had spent four years with. From there, I that summer, uh, along with doing hours and hours of therapy, which consisted of lifting weights, uh, right, pushing myself in a wheelchair, to eventually swimming, I uh, also started a summer school class at a junior college just so I could get used to it. And obviously, I had to be driven up there in a bus and 
and whatnot. And through this whole time, I had kind of, well, both my father and me had refused to use a, an electric wheelchair because the pushing of the wheelchair would do nothing as hard as it was, but get me stronger. And then went to junior college and finished that in two years while doing therapy. And then I moved on and graduated from St. Xavier University two years later and kept moving life forward. I dated, I, I, I just attacked life from uh, an inspired point of view, which I, I again, I, you'll hear me talk about being blessed. Uh, my father, who is very old school, bottom line, taught me how to be a man of integrity. And my amazing mother um, taught me how to be a man of faith. And I was able to move forward. And after graduating from St. Xavier University, I went on to DePaul College of Law. And three and a half years later, I graduated from DePaul College of Law. So uh, and, and in the meantime, I learned how to relearn how to drive and started working. And I've always been blessed to date, even though some may say I have a face for radio. Um, I've been a little blessed. Maybe it's the p good parking spots that they like. But uh, either way, I've always been blessed to be able to meet somebody who either felt sorry for me or just dug the parking. I'm not sure which one it was. But uh, I've been able to move forward. And some of these concepts of the power of positive self-talk and becoming the best you and overcoming self-doubt are, are the things I implemented, as well as numerous other things, not just in my personal life, but also in business. So, you know, whether it's business, whether it's your personal life, ultimately, it is your responsibility to pick yourself up, to find out how to move forward and, and move on. So th that is a little bit about my story. I won't bore you with too much more of my story, but uh, you will hear about it through the course of our shows on this great Wednesday. What a great, what a great day to be on an amazing show, 1340 WJOL on hump day, a day that we should all feel awesome about because it brings us into the closer to the weekend. So that's awesome. And one of the reasons I'm here, like numerous people, hopefully people listening, is to serve. Um, you know, I, I love serving. I love being a part of the bigger picture and, and making an impact because I'm that guy who believes everyone has the potential for greatness. And I believe everybody has a gift to offer the world. And I believe you have the ability to make the most of yourself. And then if you really want to take it to the next level, then use that to encourage others to do the same. So that's what I've been blessed to do. I've been a peer mentor. Um, I've been, I've mentored quite a few people. I still do. So I, I believe that is a path we all need to take. So uh, it, when you've been on a certain side of life, you realize every day is a blessing and it's an opportunity to be more powerful. And I wake up every day with that. I wake up optimistic. I wake up feeling successful. I wake up feeling like, how can I make a significant difference today? Because I believe everybody out there listening, you're meant to shine. You're meant to do wonderful things. It just sometimes life throws a roadblock at us. And it is your job to figure out how to get over it, to get through it, or get around it. Because nobody promised life would be easy. But those are some things that you really need to figure out how to do. And nobody, and, and, and not that it's going to be easy, but it, you can navigate through these 
obstacles that were that, that, that have all been thrown at us. And one of the ways I kind of implemented it comes down to choices. And I love talking about choices because I believe it's one of the biggest blessings that we've been giving is our ability to make choices, right? You can wake up every day and be happy or sad and you could get one of my one of the other ones is you could get better or you could get bitter. That's a choice about your situation. So anybody here can learn to have a better quality or create a better quality of life. And and I've broken it down to three I broke it down to three steps. And it's a simple recipe. Focus on becoming the best you that you can be, both physically, mentally, and spiritually, because we need balance in our lives, right? And, and balance is another topic we can talk about down the road, but you need balance. And that just doesn't happen, you know, being the best you could be physically or being the best you could be mentally. I believe you have to concentrate on being the best you could be physically, mentally, and spiritually. Second, and this is two out of three steps, focus on helping others becoming the best they can be physically, mentally, and spiritually. And I, I believe that it gives you a feeling of significance. Uh, I believe it gives you a purpose. And believe it or not, is a, it is a selfish act because you feel great when you help others. And the third one's easy. Just repeat it. You know, keep repeating it until you, I don't know if we ever get where we want to be, but as long as you're moving forward, it's kind of a journey versus a destination because as soon as I get where I think I want to be, I realize that there's a further point that I want to be get to. And yes, there are a lot of bumps in the road. And when I look in the mirror and I'm not satisfied or there's something more I want or I'm not content or I'm frustrated... I don't blame anybody or anything out there about the problems. I go back and look in the mirror and I look, try to look from the other side of the mirror and look at myself and say, how can I be a better man? How can I make a bigger impact? How can I be more inspirational? So this truly isn't about pointing the finger because don't forget when you point the finger, you've got three fingers kind of pointing back at you. So you have to watch out when you, when you go in that direction. So follow the simple strategy. Fo focus on becoming the best you physically, mentally, and spiritually. Help others do the same and then repeat. And I, I truly believe if you follow this strategy, you'll be blessed, you'll be, you'll be successful, and you will lead a significant life. Uh, and even more significant than that, which I enjoy and I do call it selfish, is you'll make a significant difference in other people's life. So now that I've given you this success factor that I talk about all the time, now you have to do is get out there and implement it. And again, I'm not saying it's easy, but it is something you can implement because ultimately you get what you want out of life by helping others get what they want out of life. And that to me is one of the keys. I guess it's, it's like, let's talk about praying. If we all just prayed for ourselves, we'd all have one person, we'd all have one prayer going up, up, to, up to the man upstairs. But if we all pray for each other, now we have multiplied those positive beliefs that now shine on all of us in millions of ways. So uh, helping others is something I've done. I'm going to talk about a nonprofit called SOAR that was started seven years ago. And that 
organization is all about helping people with disabilities get back outdoors. It's something I wanted to do 20 years ago when I was in corporate and just didn't have the time. But it's it's something near and dear to my heart because we do make a difference. I've had to live that life. I've 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 spent weekends understanding what it's like not to be able to do the things I love outside, whether that's simply sitting by a bonfire, whether that's riding a trike, a therapeutic trike, um, being out in the snow, fishing, hunting, whatever that joy may be, that is what we try to empower you to do. And we do this numerous ways. One of them is by holding fundraisers and providing grants. The other is by collaborating with other organizations. So we are located out of the out of Illinois. And if somebody wants to go skiing in Colorado, we try to collaborate with somebody in Colorado to help you get out skiing. If somebody wants to, you know, go deep sea fishing or snorkeling, we try to collaborate with somebody at possibly out of Florida or the Keys to get them out to do the things that they would like to do. So that is where SOAR comes in, and SOAR has been a big part of my journey outside of working. And, and then that is another topic, working with a disability is a topic unto itself. So what I'm going to do is, as I said, I've got a guest here. Uh, I'm really happy to, to bring her on. Uh, she's got a perspective that's very different than mine. Um, in terms of what she's been through, so what I'm going to do is we'll we'll go to we're going to we've got a couple of sponsors out there that we love to highlight. They've been big big supporters, and then we're going to bring back uh, Heather Kruger, who is a liver transplant survivor. So thank you very much, and we'll come. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Well, welcome back. Thank you for listening. And I want to move on to a guest. Um, I kind of got a hold of her quick. Uh, because this opportunity, which I have been following so long, finally came about for me. So every, everything came together in about a week, and you find a way to do it. And this is my, believe it or not, my first time hosting a show. But as I tell people, what's the worst that happens? And being a John Maxwell uh, follower and believer, uh, he is a motivational speaker and coach. Uh, one of his books is called Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. And I adopt that philosophy both as a athletic coach, as a success coach, as a father, as a parent, as, as all, all, my, all my leadership roles, I believe in that because you could either win or you could learn from whatever setback or loss you take. And I don't believe it's a loss as long as you learn. So I'm going to bring on Heather Kruger. Let me just tell you a little bit about Heather. Uh, she has gone through, she is 32 right now. And years ago, she started to notice symptoms of 
like we all do, we all start to wonder, am I, you know, what's wrong? Is it a cold? Is it what's going on? And uh, uh, she went through numerous crazy tests. I mean, from Mayo Clinic on back, you know, to try to figure out what was going on is uh, is a young is a young woman of probably about in her early 20s. Finally, they, they narrowed it down to her liver was failing. And they never really knew exactly why. They give you numerous reasons. That's why they say, you know, doctors practice medicine. Um, it's so they could kind of figure out what exactly it is, and they don't have all the answers. But she was in, in a rare state of liver failure, and uh, she's come through it. Uh, she had a liver transplant, and now she's backed back out uh, living life and, like, all injuries, they come with statistics. If you look at statistics, whether it be on paraplegics, quadriplegics, um, heart transplant, liver transplant, uh, statistics are interesting, but unfortunately, there's so much behind statistics, they don't tell you. So welcome, Heather. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your journey uh, from when you, uh, you know, I know you weren't doing well early on, but mm-hmm. it, what was what did it feel like? And uh, this one's gonna be toughy. <laughs> when you first found out it was liver failure, when I first found out, um, I think I was in a state of shock because I was twenty four a couple weeks before my twenty fifth birthday. Uh, you know, it's like your prime. You're out with your friends. Um, I was going to I going to school part time, and I was working at a nursing home as a CNA. And so initially when I was getting some pains, you know, on my side, I thought maybe, oh, my gallbladder, my appendix, um, maybe I got a hernia from lifting people. Um, so when I went to um, University of Illinois Hospital in Chicago, um, they, you know, did liver biopsy and everything. And they told me I was in acute liver failure, uh, extremely jaundice. <laughs> Um, and they narrowed it down to, they don't know why or, you know, the cause exactly, but, um, it's autoimmune hepatitis. So basically, um, my body was attacking my liver and it was stage four, which again, I was in shock, um, especially at my age. Um, and so the only option at that point was a liver transplant. And you know what? You people have all heard the the term jaundice they look jaundice mm-hmm. um i know heather well and i'm not making light of it but she looked like a walking carrot um <laughs> she when i when when i say jaundice i mean i'm not kidding you mm-hmm. she looked like a carrot um walking around and i don't think people thought like maybe she put on some bad can <laughs> in a can or whatnot but uh she was mm-hmm. a walking carrot Mm-hmm. So I don't say that lightly, but just to give people a visual right. of, yeah. you know, how bad your liver was at that point in time, yes. um, that that's how bad it was. So mm-hmm. you find this out, obviously, uh, you I know your parents are extremely supportive. Mm-hmm. All that being said, it's still something you have, no matter what support you have, you still have to deal with it mm-hmm. personally, despite mm-hmm. all the awesome support which I think is a key to anybody getting through anything is the support that, that we get. Right. And, and so now you have this arduous task of looking for a donor, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, in March, I was diagnosed uh, 2014. By June, um, I was in this liver failure. Um, within a week, they had me on the um, waiting list for a liver. And... Um, 
yes, like you said, uh, my parents are awesome. My sister, you, my whole family. Um, I couldn't ask for more support and family, friends. And so, um, but still you need yourself to um, stay uh, motivated or stay um, not going down that hole of like that rabbit hole of depression. Yes, yes, exactly. And so what I did, I, I, I don't know, throughout, even though the odds were against me throughout, I never thought that I was going to die. I, that never really crossed my mind. I just always believed that someone was going to come along. I didn't know when, um, but I had that faith that it was going to happen. And so to keep myself up <laughs> in a way, I kept a journal. And whenever I was feeling down or just something to do, I would you know go on Pinterest or online and get you know fighter, survivor, inspirational, motivational quotes. And I would just write it in my journal. And that just gave me that reinforcement sometimes to give me that boost to get through that day. Which journaling has become a big thing, especially mm-hmm. gratitude journals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you when you show gratitude, when you think about gratitude, same thing with starting a nonprofit. I get a kick out of giving somebody a therapeutic trike and seeing them ride with their brothers and sisters for the first time. I mean, if that doesn't bring a tear to your eye, mm-hmm. nothing will. And that is truly what life's about. And just to give some people perspective, in Illinois, they do about 8,000, approximately 8,000 liver tran- transplants. And that may sound awesome. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's about 16,000 pl- 16, plus, and I'm sure the numbers are up, uh, waiting for a liver. Mm-hmm. And, and, I know you have to be matched, which is not an easy trick, and I'm not going to ask you to to go through that process. <laughs> but you sat, you you you're waiting, mm-hmm. you're, right? You're yeah, just waiting. Exactly. Whether and I'm sure you had family tested and 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 whatnot, and right. I'm sure every you know everybody has good intentions and mm-hmm. would love to, but it's just not that simple. I right. mean, there's got to be crazy amount of yeah things that come together that give you that opportunity. To just get a transplant because I know you've said before your chances of survival are much greater having a transplant by a live donor versus a A cadaver. cadaver. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what they ultimately um, wanted me to get. They thought um, I would be more, my body would be more successful uh, with a living donor. So, um, yes, that was probably one of the the hardest parts is... um, you're just waiting around you know there's not really a whole lot they can do for you when transplants your only option so just that feeling of oh am i gonna get the transplant in time and oh you get so excited that's you know people are getting tested but you know like brian said um there's a lot of requirements so um that's why i swear that the journaling and uh some pet therapy my dogs (laughs) kept me going uh through this until that time came man's best friend you gotta Mm -hmm. love him uh, I will post some pictures on my Facebook page for uh, 1340 WJOL radio uh, in my show of Heather's beastie dogs. And then she has <laughs> other animals that are probably more look like food for the beastie dogs. Um, for some reason, she likes either these wolf-like hounds or chihuahuas. chihuahuas. So I, I, I can't explain that. Um, but that that's the way it is. So thank God you end up finding a match. Yes. You get a liver transplant. Mm-hmm. 
things go as good as they could go, according to the doctors, I mean, for everything that went on. Mm -hmm. And now you're back home. Right. I mean, ultimately, I mean, I'm not that there wasn't stuff in between and and whatnot, but ultimately you end up back home. Right. And now it's a different healing process. Right. I mean, it's it's way different. It's 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 physically and people look at you and say, no, she doesn't look like there's anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And she looks awesome. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of emotional healing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's spiritual healing and and there's definitely physical healing, um, Mm -hmm. you know, from that type of massive operation. Mm -hmm. And what did you do? Uh, what did you do to, I don't want to say pass the time, mm-hmm. but I know you're limited in what you can do. Mm-hmm. So what did you do to keep up the smile, to keep up the faith, to keep up being inspired, to keep going forward? Um, so, you know, initially when you get home, um, they talk about, you know, your new normal. Um, so basically like as far as what I could do physically and for me, you know, it was the physical, um, definitely, you know, my lung capacity. So I started to go on walks, you know, just a little further each day to build up my strength again. You know, I was in bed so much. Um, so I did that, some exercise, some weights. I did a muscle therapy program to um, build up my muscles and bones because those had atrophied. Um, so that was good, just the physical exercise. You know, when you physically you feel good, it helps you mentally as well. Um, so that was one of the things I, um, you must've learned that from a wise man. (laughs) His initials are, uh, BS. (laughs) And, um, so yeah, emotionally, uh, I would say that is the hardest part to not, you know, I never really went to like, why me? Because stuff happens that that's life. You can't, you can't even go there. Um, but just, um, getting used to the new norm and you know, what my limits are And um, the other thing I did was I went back to school. Um, I did a occupational therapy assistant program that was very rigorous. Um, So that was a huge accomplishment for me, you know, energy wise and everything. Um, Trying to think. So outside, I mean, so you 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 have kept moving forward in some some way, shape, or form. Yes, yes, which is truly what you know, all things inspirational is about is a find, find a way to keep moving forward, right. which might be different for everybody, but moving forward is moving forward. Right. Yeah. That's simple. So you move forward in the meantime, you have other things that get in the way. Like, you know, we all did it. Mm-hmm. We all do to some degree, some mm-hmm. more than others. Mm-hmm. You know, I, at one point got shingles. Life was great. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. I got whacked with shingles. Um, and, and talk about, I always used to kind of smirk at people who said how much it hurt and then when I got him I was like holy crap it does hurt and it is the oddest sensation uh, of pain that I've felt Mm -hmm. so you've dealt with other Mm -hmm. issues Mm -hmm. that let's call them issues slash setbacks Mm -hmm. Um, along that path Mm -hmm. is there anything else that you've added to what you were originally doing to continue to move forward um probably you know with the different setbacks um you know that that affects you physically and mentally so i have tried to um what really i enjoy is going on a stationary bike because that is just good for works with my body and you know i could do four or five miles and just listen to music or um you know put on a show or excuse me, or just sit there and, you know, just 
I've really started to look at myself more and you know it's almost seven years after my transplant and you know you're still processing and um so i you know the exercise i think is a great thing um so yes meditation i also done um like yoga that helps me um as well as meditation at night um just just to calm me down and um I think now I'm at the point where, you know, I'm looking at myself, like, like you've said, like how to help others with my story. Um, you know, whether it's setting up a support program or something afterwards to address the physical and emotional, especially if it's someone who's young, you know, it, like, you know, <laughs> it totally flips your world upside down. So, um, so how is the support system around people with liver transplants i mean with what i don't know how much you know about it to be Mm -hmm. honest with you so if you don't know a lot about it that's fine but Mm -hmm. i mean what is that like in the in in illinois or in the chicagoland area is there much of a support system out there you know i can only speak you know this is my experience um through the hospital that i um received the transplant I felt I was very prepared, um, you know, pre-transplant physically, what you're going to go through, how this how it's going to feel, all that. But, you know, afterwards, I felt uh, like kind of abandoned, <laughs> you know, felt alone. Like, where do I begin this no, new I, life? I understand it because mm-hmm. after spending four months in the RIC, which is, like I said, the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab, mm-hmm. it's a safe zone, to be yes. honest with you. You're up there. There's tons of nurses around. Mm-hmm. They know how to deal with you. They know how to cater to your needs. You're with other people. You're with some people that are in better condition. You're in some people with that are in worse condition. Mm-hmm. But then you go home, which is supposed to be this, I, I think it's a perception of this time of, you know, you're a time of like you're healed so you could go home. Mm-hmm. And then you go home. And when I left to go home back, back years ago, mm-hmm. my parents lived in a raised raised ranch and they had about an 80 foot ramp in front that you could have probably done some from skiing off of (laughs) but that's all they could provide and my dad was generous enough to plant a tree at the bottom of the ramp on the parkway so i wouldn't go all the way into the street because i couldn't stop myself going down the ramp my gloves would actually smoke but they'd burn i'd have burning marks in my gloves from going down this ramp and that is that is the truth but and there were a couple times i did hit the tree so i am so thankful for his generosity of (laughs) planting a big tree in the parkways to keep me out of traffic but um you go home to the safe zone right yes and it's not as safe as it seems because it's a new world yes it's a different world you're alone yes you you now you got to deal with that voice in your head correct yes yep now you got to deal with not having that support and comfort zone around mm-hmm. you and you deal with all these other things yeah that you wouldn't and that's when of. support really comes into play yes more than ever yes isn't that day you get home the week you get home the month you get home it's probable you know for me it was probably years after i got home where mm-hmm. i really needed more support mm-hmm. than that even for me the first year i was so busy the first eight years i was so busy yes so now now that support comes into play and what is your opinion what would you do i know you talked about you know maybe even starting a group what Mm -hmm. would you 
do that you would think would be helpful for people that have now crossed over to that into that post. point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I feel like um, physically pre-transplant, um, I was prepared. You know, it's at that point it was more physical than mental because you're in that fight or flight and you're just doing what you have to do. You know, so when you do get home, it's like. It's scary because, like you said, you don't have that um, support or that call button for a nurse, you know, if something's you don't feel right. And so um, I like I said, I felt very alone and I didn't feel it was like you got whacked in the face when you got home, you know, like to reality. And I didn't feel like emotionally um, just prepared for, Okay, so where do I begin my new norm? Okay, I lost all my friends. Okay, now. I got to I got to do something to keep my mind going so or occupied so that's why I went back to school but what I you know like I said it's been almost 7 years and I keep my mind keeps going back to the same idea of we need a program and some hospitals do have a support pr- program for liver transplant mine does not so um I we need a program for post transplant where people of all ages we can come tell our story um, suggestions, advice, um, you know, maybe once a month have a pain management doctor come in or a nutritionist or, you know, someone, um, an expert in the field. And I feel like when when I hear other people in my position be like, oh, I struggled with this or this happened or whatever, and you, you're like, oh, my God, that happened to me too. You feel like you're not alone anymore. It's so relatable. So I really feel... Um, to be able to keep moving forward, it would help people. You know? Awesome. Well, maybe you're the person that needs to start that. And I know from a geographic standpoint, mm-hmm. when I came out of the rehab as a quad, I live in the south suburbs. Mm-hmm. Back then, I lived in Burbank. Mm-hmm. And now I live, live even further south. And, I, and one of the issues for me was everything was downtown. Everything yes. was up north. Mm-hmm. Everything was at least an hour drive. Well... Right. Even though I started to drive again, th- that hour drive just made everything difficult. The access, for, I'll speak for myself, accessibility in the city in the 80s was not exactly pleasant. <laughs> but everything that was hosted by RIC, everything that was hosted by uh, Mary and Joy, everything that was hosted by Northwestern, everything that was done seemed to happen downtown, yes. which I guess I understand to some degree because of public transport, mm-hmm. per, tr- tr- public transportation, uh, but it became an issue. So moving out south, I was glad to see there be more opportunities mm-hmm. in the southern suburbs. However, we are surely lacking in many ways. So mm-hmm. maybe you start or get involved with an organization, an organization out south, mm-hmm. because you know, if somebody could come to a group that empowers them, helps helps them like that, mm-hmm. twenty minutes away, my guess is you're la- you're, more. you're you're more you're going to have a better opportunity to create a, a longer lasting mm-hmm. type of group. Yes. So that's something, and I don't know if you've reached out to the Silver Crosses or the or any of the medical facilities out mm-hmm. south that maybe would be interested mm-hmm. in maybe even hosting something like that, right? Um, yeah. you know, which might be a good idea if you are looking at moving forward. So, right. right. Yeah. So I um, haven't gotten to that point yet, but like you said, it's, it's, 
when you're living in the suburbs um, and just, you know, energy conservation wise, by the time I get, you know, to the city, I'm ready for a nap. Yeah. So no, <laughs> I, no, I understand the, na- uh, and the South would. No, totally understand. Mm-hmm. I get it. I appreciate it. Uh, listen, thank you so much for being here. Uh, no I appreciate it. I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to end up, end with. And then we'll go to commercial. So anything else you want to say? Um, probably just um, I'm very fortunate, uh, you know, blessing to be here. And um, I did receive a uh, transplant from a living donor. Um, so if you are not a donor on your license, just something to look into. I know everyone has different views on it, um, but... You know, I really didn't think twice about it um, until I was in that situation. And, you know, obviously I'm very aware of it now. So that's just another way to help somebody. Um, And even though, you know, I was and still am young, uh, but when it happened, you know, um, you can't think that your life is over. There's there's got to be a reason and a purpose. And as time goes on, you see that kind of um transform and come about so just to hold on and keep on going thank you so much and listen everybody out there if you're not a donor consider it it's something consider uh there are people here i've got a young lady beautiful young lady sitting next to me because somebody chose to be an organ donor and the great thing with the liver it grows back mm-hmm. um i think it is the only organ that does Correct. i'm not a I'm not a doctor but i have stayed in a red roof in so um <laughs> close to one i guess but uh, consider being an organ donor i appreciate it heather no thank problem. you very much thank we you have a great day me. and we will roll on to some of our sponsors by Assured Insulation and Window Solutions. Based out of Frankfurt, we provide a full range of services including insulation, spray foam insulation, crawl space encapsulations, air sealing, duct testing, and energy audits. When you're looking to make your home as comfortable as possible, you need a home performance contractor who understands the interrelationship between every system in your home. Assured Installation Solutions is the friendly, reliable, certified, and verified home performance specialist you can trust. Find them online at assuredinstallationllc.com. Today's show is Today's show is sponsored by Motivation Champs. Motivation Champs is an inspiration sharing and publishing platform with a mission to share inspiration 24-7 and help others do the same. Their passion is your story, and they believe we all have a story and sharing yours can make a difference. Motivation Champs publishes self-help, fitness, faith, motivation, inspiration, business, children's, devotional, and numerous other types of books in related genres. Contact Dominic at MotivationChamps.com or at Motivation Champs on any social media. Today's show is sponsored by Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation. SOAR, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that's 100% voluntarily run. The mission of SOAR is to get people with disabilities outdoors by providing accessible and adaptive recreational equipment for fishing, camping, cycling, hunting, water sports, all-terrain wheelchair riding, and more. We believe that recovery consists of healing the mind, not just the body, and that recovery is a journey, not a destination. Visit them online at SOARnonprofit.com. That's S-O-A-R nonprofit.com. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. All right, awesome to be back, and what an amazing story. 
coming from an area of life I know nothing about and having to deal with. And I know there's millions of stories out there like that, stories of success, stories of triumph, uh, stories of people moving ahead just that find a way to succeed. I mean, and ultimately, I think that's all we all want to do. We want to be happy. Uh, we want to learn how to have a pur- – we want to have a purpose, but we want to learn how to succeed. And over the years, I have asked numerous people from professional athletes to collegiate athletes to Paralympi- Paral- Paralympians and other very successful people, you know, how, do, how have they succeeded? Just give me, a, give me a word. Give me a saying. What they've done um, – some insights. So I have some of those and I, and I, I look back to them because I need them and I need to be reminded of some of them. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, uh, I've got a, a short list, but I, I think they're important. First one is well, I succeed because I'm willing to do the things you're not, which is so true. Um, there are some people that could just push further and further and they're okay with the the, the failures or the losses or they don't mind getting their hands dirty. Uh, the next one was I fight against all odds. There are some people, and I talked a little bit about statistics, and we could talk about that another whole show. Um, in, when I got hurt in the 70s, a C5 quad was just a statistic, and I had doctors from one of the best rehabilitation institutes tell me, this is what you can do, and this is what you won't, will never do. You will never walk, and you will probably can't have a job, and you might be able to drive, and you, you should learn technology. That might be your best. And go, I could go down the line and line. And some people just love beating those statistics. They love beating the odds. And if that's what gets you moving forward, if that's what helps you succeed, I say giddy up, go for it. Uh, and the next one is I will sacrifice. I'm not shackled by fear, insecurity, or doubt. And there are some people that they they don't have to get over those self-limiting beliefs and those hurdles of fear. They're okay with it. They're okay with uh, being willing to sacrifice. Uh, And and I love that one too. So uh, this one is is probably one that works with me is I'm motivated by accomplishments, not pride. And there are some people that just really enjoy accomplishing things and they do it in a to do something in such a selfless act truly is a significant way to go through life when you can selflessly put yourself out to help others with expecting nothing but just appreciating that accomplishment um i I believe that's pretty amazing so uh other ones are uh they're motivated and they, when they fail, and we all will, they will get up. And I guarantee something, it's not when you, it's not if you're going to fail, it's when. And that's okay. I'll go back to my, my mentor, John Maxwell. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And it depends how you take failure. Um, I, I know a lot of people don't like sports analogies, but, you know, Quarterbacks have got to have a short memory because when they throw a interception, the first thing you got to do is forget about it or you're not up there just going through this muscle memory that has allowed them to get to such an awesome level. So, And I believe that in life. Sometimes you have to have a short memory about things in life that enable you to move on. So 
another success factor from someone was uh, if I am beaten, I will return better. Just that simple. They they get motivated. The, not that losing motivates them, but I believe it's the opportunity to say, I won't make that mistake again, or I will learn from it, and I will come back stronger, faster, quicker. Because let's face it, you know, to be successful, whether that's a business, an organization, a family, you got to have a strong foundation, right? And the best place to start a strong foundation is when you hit rock bottom. And I believe a lot of people who hit rock bottom, they build these amazing foundations because they're already down there. They're already at the bottom. They're on their knees, maybe maybe flat out. So they build this amazing foundation that lets them move forward, that lets them move up to an area of success that is something they've been chasing. So uh, it, I've got two left. I will never stop getting better, improving, faithfully moving forward. And, and, and I love that one because I don't care what you do in life. I believe you're either living or you're dying. I think you start dying the moment you stop growing. I believe you always have to be growing. You have to be challenging yourself in some way. I'm not saying you have to go out there and, and get in a triathlon or get out there and run a marathon. I believe, though, you do have to continue to grow in some way, shape, or form. I don't care if you're 40, 50, 60, 70, even 80. Um, there are people out there that continually challenge themselves, continually try to push themselves forward. And, and it's not just the combination of their effort. It's the being out there trying to do it, I think, is what motivates them. Along with, they, they like to succeed. They're, they're, they are motivated by accomplishments. And the last one uh, is I will never give up, ever. And I think ultimately that's what life's about. Uh, you know, rest if you must, but don't you ever quit. It's the end of a poem that uh, I was given 100 years ago, and that's what it's about. It's okay to take a knee, and it's okay to rest, but what's not okay is to ever quit. It's just something that can't happen, won't happen. And I think as a parent, I've tried to teach my children this. Uh, people that I work with, whether they're young adults or business leaders, I try to teach them it's okay to rest. It's okay to take that reset. Um, but you've got to come back stronger. I mean, you know, you're, there's a saying out there, you're, don't let your, or let your comeback be stronger than your setback. And I, I think for some people, they find a way to do it. And I, I don't think it's a, I don't, I don't think it's a recipe that is the same for everybody, which is okay. But it's you finding out what your combination is of making that comeback. And I think that's what's truly important. So those were just some su success factors that uh, I've got from so many people, which which is absolutely awesome. Uh, I plan on having more guests on, which I really look forward to. I think uh, that really opens up people's eyes to not just what SOAR does, not what Brian Swift does, but what other people are dealing with out there. And it's, hopefully it's inspiring 
Um, if you were to see my guest today, you'd walk by and go, she's never had nothing wrong with her in her life, and you would not know it. Um, it's just that simple, but it is. And I'm going to leave you with uh, a poem. Yes, I know it's a poem, and anybody who knows me is probably cringing, thinking that I'm going to leave you with a poem. But I, I've had numerous opportunities to meet uh, professional and, and, and Division One coaches, and I have a lot of amazing people that I consider mentors out there in numerous ways outside of people like my, you know, my father and, and, and people like that. And I, I, this is a poem. I, I've read it at different keynotes, keynote speeches. And because it's about a choice, we talked about choices, and we will continue. So the, the, the poem is called The Builder. Here it is. I saw them tearing a building down, a team of men in my hometown. With a heave and a hoe and a yes, yes, yell, they swung a beam and a sidewall fell. And I said to the foreman, are these men skilled, like the ones you use if you had to build? And he laughed and he said, oh, no, indeed. Most common labor is all I need. For I can destroy in a day or two what it takes a builder 10 years to do. So I thought to myself as I went on my way, which one of these roles am I willing to play? Am I one who is tearing down as I carelessly make my way around? Or am I one who builds with care in order to make the world a better place because I was there? Thank you for listening. Have a great day and God bless.